<laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, sweet. So tonight, this is awesome. Uh, long weekend coming up, so there's like a lot of energy, which I'm all about. Are y'all excited? Does anybody have any cool plans? Sweet. <laughs> um, and only one more Chi Alpha after this for the whole year. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, so we've been talking about the normal Christian life. You guys are going to be masters of that because we won't talk about it next year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, tonight, yeah, tonight we're talking about um, evangelism. And, yo, I've been told to put a disclaimer on this. I am super amped about this. Um, this is just like, I, I think a couple reasons. One, it's really impacted my life a lot, and I've seen it impact others. And then another thing is, we don't really talk about it so much, and so it's kind of like, you know, there's like stuff that you don't hear about all that much, but then you hear it, and you're like, this, that's cool. Like, I want to hear about that. That's how I think about evangelism. Um, so I'm going to start out talking about uh, these two people. Um, they're going to come up in a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all know who that is? That's my mom and dad. <laughs> hey, mom. The <laughs> that's, uh, that's William and Catherine Booth, okay? And, uh, yeah, so y'all, y'all like, oh, yeah, I never heard that day before. Okay, you're going to sound, this is going to even sound worse. They started the Salvation Army. Um, okay, that sounds really lame because you think of, like, the ringing bell Santas. Dude, if they knew about that, they would, like, jump out of the screen and go, like, knock all those guys out. They'd be so mad. Um, because what they started was this movement in London, one of the, like, one of the most, like, like, it started a fire, Okay. And it basically was this movement where they went into, like, the, the worst parts of London, like, when it was really bad. Like, kids getting drunk all the time. People ate. They were so poor they ate um, ceramic, like, like ground-up ceramic, I think, um, like powder. And, uh, and so they went in, and they, like, not only met spiritual needs, but they met, like, physical needs, okay? And so these two were so influential. And honestly, I, I, I think this is true. Spiritually, they have, they're, they're why we're here tonight. Okay, uh, I've been so impacted by, especially uh, his General William Booth um, and, and the people that he knows and the people that he was with. Uh, my, my walk with God is like here, not solely, but, but partly based on, like, on him. Um, and honestly, the guys that like basically led me to Jesus um, were greatly, greatly influenced by him. And so like we're here. And some of our staff are here because of these guys. That's, that's pretty cool. So, like, this is kind of like our family history. Um, and so one day, William Booth was, uh, he was, like, riding in his carriage. And uh, y'all can read about this online. It's really cool. Um, but he's riding in his carriage, and he's looking out, and there's, like, all these people in London. And it's kind of like, yeah, he just sees, like, people going about their business and, and all this stuff. And then he has, like, this vision, um, basically from God. And he says, okay, I looked out and I saw this dark sea. It was like stormy and basically like hundreds or thousands of people were drowning. And I saw all these people drowning, um, which would be a pretty scary vision, right? Especially if you're just driving around. Um, and so basically, he sees the sea. And then he looks over 
and he sees, like, the bodies, like, people are dying, okay? And the bodies are, like, washing up on the shore, um, back and forth, truly really grisly. And then he looks, and on the island, he sees people just kind of going about their business. They're just working their jobs. They're watching sports. They're going to plays. Um, they're, doing, they're playing music, like, all these different things, kind of unconcerned with, go, with what's going on, like, right, right out there. Um, and, he, and he, like, goes on with this vision, and he, like, he looks back at the sea, and he's like, what, what are y'all doing? Like, like, why wouldn't you, why would, what are y'all doing? How could you go on with your life when you're seeing this, like, tragedy happen right here? Um, and, he, and he looks out in the sea, and he sees, like, this image of the Son of God um, rescuing people and bringing them to the shore. And basically, he's calling out, like, hey, what are you guys doing Come out here. Let me show you how to do this too. Like, let me show you how to save these people so they don't end up drowning and dying and like washing up on the shore. Um, so that's like that was his vision, and I'm gonna read a part of it really quickly. Uh, he says, "But what puzzled me most was the fact that though all of them, he's talking about the people on the on the island, all of them had re- had been rescued at one time or another from the ocean, nearly everyone seemed to have forgotten all about it." Anyway, it seemed the memory of its darkness and danger no longer troubled them at all. And what seemed equally strange and perplexing to me was that these people did not even seem to have any care, that is, any agonizing care, about the poor, perishing ones who were struggling and drowning right before their very eyes, many of whom were their own husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, and even their own children. Now this astonishing unconcern could not have been the result of ignorance or lack of knowledge because they lived right there in full sight of it and even talked about it sometimes. Many even went regularly to hear lectures and sermons in which the awful state of these poor drowning creatures was described. And then I saw something that seemed to me even more strange than anything I had gone on before in this vision. I saw that some of these people on the platform whom this wonderful being had called to, wanting them to come and help him in his difficult task of saving these perishing creatures, were always praying and crying out to him to come to them. Some wanted him to come and stay with them and spend his time and strength in making them happier. Others wanted him to come and take away various doubts and misgivings that they had concerning the truth of some letters that he had written them. Some wanted him to come and make them feel more secure on the rock, so secure that they would be quite sure that they would never slip off into the ocean again. And then he says this, My friends in Christ, you are rescued from the waters. You are on the rock. He is in the dark sea calling on you to come to him and help him. Will you go? Look for yourselves. The surging sea of crowded of life, crowded with perishing multitudes, rolls up to the very spot on which you stand. Dude, that, if you go read this, like, be careful, because it's, a reason I, like, this, I'm passionate about this is because I read this, and it set a fire in me, like, in anger, but it also set a fire for me, like, in passion, and, like, wanting to do something about that. So I'm going to be um, talking about basically what Jesus says about this. He gives three commands um, in the Bible, and uh, I'm going to look at the first one. Y'all cool? Y'all with me? Okay. Um, it's in Mark 16, verse Six fifteen, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It says this, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All creation. So basically, 
we have a part to play in the story of God's redemption. That's really cool. That's like a lot of responsibility. But that's also something that I think I, especially in my life, I overlooked. He's enlisted us into his army in service. He's chosen us. He's chosen this way. He's chosen us to be a part of the way to reach the world. He could probably do it. He could probably put like a giant golden angel in the middle of the sky and everyone would just believe in Jesus, right? But he's chosen us to do this and he's asked us for our help. He doesn't need our help, but he's enlisted us and asked us for our help. So when you look at this verse, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's a cool verse because it was like, it's actually one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples. And so he said it to his disciples, right? If they would have said, oh, that's cool. I really, I'm really happy like I got saved. Now I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm just going to go back to fishing. None of us would be here. That's crazy. Because of their obedience to this command, I'm actually here and I get to know Jesus. That's that's pretty tight. It didn't stop with the disciples. Jesus is saying this to everybody. He's not just saying it to small group leaders or resource group, resource group leaders or um, the staff or campus pastors or your pastor back home or your parents or anything like that. All people who have had an experience with Jesus are called to go and preach. We can reach way more as an army, than I could maybe by myself, or Sean could, or Grace could, right? Or like your small group leader, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we can reach way more people by doing this. Uh, okay, when I learned this, when I like began to learn this lesson, one of my, uh, one of my best friends, his name's Kenan Briggs. He's, uh, some of y'all know him. He's like, seriously like the coolest and funniest guy you'll ever meet, um, like for real. And uh, he, he's a missionary in Europe. And, uh, and I was talking to him one day before I moved up here. He had, been in, he had been in Europe for like 18 months, so like a year and a half or something. And I was like, Kenan, like, like what, what was it like? Like, do you have any advice? And I was like, maybe he'll just be like, no, you know these things. Like, you know, I was kind of like fishing for a compliment, I guess. Um, but he was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I have something. And so you got to think at our Chi Alpha, um, where I came from, it was probably, I was going to say 10 times bigger, but tonight we're a little smaller. So maybe like 15 or 20 times bigger than this. Okay? One Chi Alpha service. That's intense. Okay? And so it was awesome. And like the Lord used it in huge ways. And I'm so grateful for it. But the scary part was that if I didn't bring anybody, no one would notice. Right? No one would really pay attention if one or two people showed up. And if I did bring people, even if I brought five or ten people, no one would notice. Does that make sense? Okay. And so what Kenan said was, that's not going to be the case. When you go to Morgantown, when you go to West Virginia, um, if you don't bring anybody, there will be no Chi Alpha. Okay. If you, don't, if you don't bring anybody, there will be no Chi Alpha. And I'm, like, standing in this room with, like, a 1,000 people. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool, Kenan. Thanks. Like, that's not what I was expecting, but whatever. Um, and so I get up here, and I start meeting people on campus, and I'm like, oh, I remember what Kenan said. If I don't bring anybody, there will be no Chi Alpha. And so I took that responsibility on, okay? Um, and, and some of you guys are sitting here because of that. And so thank you, Jesus, for Kenan, for telling me, that, hey, Charles, you need to gear, like, you need to get in gear or else, like, there's not going to be anything like that. Does that make sense? So I was responsible for that, okay? 
you guys are also responsible for these things. It's not just your pastor. It's not just your small group leader. It's not just, you know, your big brother, big sister. So what is it? What is evangelism? It's like a weird word. We don't really talk about it. Most of the time when you hear it, it's negative, right? Um, (laughs) Here's what it is. Sharing the experiences you have with God with another person. (laughs) That's it. Telling someone about your experience with Jesus. So I want to ask you guys a question. How do you talk to someone who's drowning? Any ideas? What kind of language do you use? Is it like, yeah, specific. Is it like like suggesting, like, hey, you should, if you want to, maybe come out of the water? You know, is it like that? Or like, are you like, hey, yo, leave, stop, let go of that thing and let's go. Like, come on, let's get out of the water. Like, hold on to my hand. You know, you see movies like this, like, hold, hold my hand, let that other thing go, right? Like, that's what we got to say, right? That's, that's how we sound when we're talking to a drowning person. And if we believe that people who aren't walking with Jesus, are in great peril, right? Then how are we going to talk to them? Hey, I, yeah, I'm like, I guess like church is okay. I'm going to go this Sunday. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, like, hey, what you're doing is dumb. Let me show you why. Let's hang out. Let's talk about this, right? Like, like this is a big deal. Um, you don't just suggest things. Preaching, what he says Um, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preaching is proclamation, declaring the authority and mandate of the king. We call ourselves XA, Christ's ambassadors, right? An ambassador is just a representative of the king to other people, okay? We could call it Christ evangelist, right? Like, that would be a fitting, interchangeable word. Are you committing? I had to ask myself, are are you committing treason by the way that you ignore the king? Or the way that you represent him, like, I have to be thinking these things. And here's my challenge, y'all. How long will it take before you start? How much of the Bible, that's an excuse. I don't know much enough about the Bible. I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing, okay? Have you said that before? You don't have to raise your hand. I've said it before. How long will it take? When will you know enough about the Bible to start preaching and sharing your faith? When will you know enough about the Bible to know that people are lost and not going to spend eternity with Jesus, that you love them and care about them enough to show them what you have, right? Why do we know enough about, why do we know enough to get saved and not go to hell, but say we don't know enough to help others do the same thing? You are an evangelist. Every single person in here is an evangelist. You're always evangelizing for something. WVU, Phillies, Nike, Adidas, uh, Ulta, right? Like this show you like, this drink you like, Sonic, right? Like we're all talking. Why are we so excited about these silly calorie things instead of being excited about the things that matter for eternity and can change people's lives? What Sean talked about is exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Does this make sense? Okay, uh, the second command is Luke uh, chapter 14, verse 23. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Okay, and this is the why, like, like why do we do this? Yeah, it's cool, like, oh, is it for people? Is it so they don't go to hell? That's, I guess, a part of it, but if that's your motive, then we're missing something, okay? So Jesus says, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Compel them to come in. What is that? That's like, that's like almost like, like, 
arguing, right? Like that is like, hey, please, like, like almost like you're freaking out, okay? That actually is what it is. The Lamb of God deserves the reward of his suffering. We say that a lot. The Lamb of God deserves the reward of his suffering. What does that mean? Jesus suffered for these people. We, we get it twisted. Oh, I don't want you to go to hell. You deserve to know Jesus. No. I don't deserve heaven. I deserve hell. Everybody does. But Jesus deserves his reward, which is souls. Okay? This is like heavy stuff, but it's like it's important. And if we don't get this, then then we're missing it, okay? Then we're just staying on the island, doing our thing, drinking, you know, coconut juice or whatever that stuff's called. Go out into the highways and hedges that my house will be filled. Do this for me. Do this because I said so, because it's going to get me my reward. Through a love for Jesus, we can develop a love for souls, the gospel has to be told publicly in a group or to an individual. If you don't like someone's method, show me your method, <laughs> okay? If silence is your method, if turning a blind eye is your method, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. If you'd say you'd die for, I'd die for you to know Jesus. I, oh, my gosh, I would give my life for you to know Jesus. Then give your life. Don't die. Live so that I can know Jesus. Live so that your friends can know Jesus. Do you all see what I'm saying? Like, this is like, this is serious stuff. We can't love the lost on campus through silence. The worst thing we can do is be silent. If you choose to be silent, nothing will ever come of it. Regardless of how well you lived your life, how loud you played uh, Caleb in your car, how much you smiled, right? Like, that stuff is just, it's not going to be enough. Romans 10, 14 says this. How shall they call on him in who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I'm not preaching tonight. I'm equipping you guys. I'm teaching y'all. Okay? Preaching is going out to lost people and preaching. Okay? Sharing my faith. Some of you guys here may not be disciples of Jesus. And I might be talking to you too. I want you to understand the, all these things that we care if you choose to witness, if you choose to silence, equals nothing. If you choose to witness, the worst thing that can happen, this is an American message. We're in America. The worst thing that can happen is you get cussed out, you get blocked your number, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, well, you might make someone mad. But th at the end of the day, the worst thing that you did is, was love them better than anybody else had. You tried to show them something that would change their whole eternity, Right? Okay, uh, I used to work at Six Flags. This is like, yeah, like I said, this is like pretty serious. Uh, but I worked at Six Flags, and dude, we would freaking sweat. Like, they'd give me a shirt almost every time I came to work, like a polo, and I would like sweat through it every day. I, I lived in Texas. Um, and so we'd always like, we'd always like work real hard, but we'd, you know the misters? Have y'all been to Six Flags? Okay, y'all know those like misters? The like, it's like that little mini shower. Okay, that's what I want this next part to be. We've had the heat, okay? And now the mist is coming. Don't worry. If your back is really sweaty, good. <laughs> but the urgency of this is real, okay? But now I want to tell you how to do it. And that's the fun part. <laughs> okay, well, Jesus is just going to tell us. Uh, command number three. So the first one, y'all remember it? Go preach the gospel to all creation. Second one, go into the hedges and highways and compel them 
so that my house may be full. And the third one, y'all have heard it before. It's uh, Matthew 4.19. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay. I, uh, dude, I, I like, I would say I really love fishing, um, but I really love hanging out with my friends. Okay. And so two people I love hanging out with, Brandon Sayer, Jack Fisk. I love these guys. And so I also enjoy fishing if we're doing it together. I would never go fish by myself. That sounds awful. Um, but Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So a couple, what was it like a month or two ago, we went out. We got up super early. It was like 4.30. We head out, um, and we drive three hours down south um, to this place. But the road's closed, okay? And we know where we want to go fish, but we get out. We didn't really pack, like, hiking shoes. We just had, like, old tennis shoes and jeans, and we end up walking. And we walk and walk and walk. And we're fishing along the way, but we're hanging out. We're having conversation, okay? Um, and, dude, it's so much fun. The sun's coming up. It's starting to cool off. Dude, it's so good. So... We finally get to our destination, okay, and, and we, we, like, cast a line, and, dude, it is exactly what we thought it was going to be, like, what was it, like, within a minute, like, we got fish on the line, and, like, like, everybody's, oh, my gosh, dude, like, this is so sick, what's going on, like, at one point, all three of us had fish on our lines at the same exact time, like, it was crazy, like, this doesn't happen, um, and we're just, we're having a blast, um, we turn around and come back, and we didn't bring anything back. We, I just went for the experience. I just went to go hang out with these guys. And we, we're walking back, and Jack's like, dude, I am so tired. How long do you think we've walked? And I was like, I don't know. So look at our phone, you know, like the little health thing. And it was like, it was like 12 point something miles. So we're like six and a half miles in, six and a half miles out, because we had to. We didn't have, and we didn't bring any fish back, but it was the fun of being together, Okay. And if we make fishes of men, Jesus just said, hey, he always sent people out together. It's not weird. If you think it's like you're this, like, person walking up, like, sweating, cold, white face, like, like, hi, do you know Jesus? Like, it's not like that. Like, go with a friend. They're going to see the fun that y'all are having, and then they're going to be more attracted to the, to the Savior that you serve, Right? Okay, so go together. If I, if I went fishing by myself, super boring. I wouldn't have as much fun. That would be a, I'd, I wouldn't even tell that story. I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, I caught 20 fish, and it was right out of the truck. Like, it was fine. Um, okay, and then Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fisher of, fishers of men. Jesus is the greatest leader of all time. A good leader never asks you to do something that he's not willing to do himself. Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus is going before us. He's going with us, okay? So on our little trip the other day, uh, we had to get up at oh, like 4.30, and uh, we were leaving, and Jack was late, but that's okay. Um, you know, I have nothing else going on then. Uh, but the night before, if I, like, why would I get up at 3 and try to pack? Why don't I just pack the night before? I got all my food ready. I got all my equipment, my bait, my tackle, like all the stuff, right? Like it's, it's all there. And so I packed beforehand. And that's my second, or my third thing. Prepare. Um, John Koshel, dude, John Koshel. Y'all remember him? He is awesome. Uh, and so he says this. Pray before and as you witness. Spiritual attack can be very real just before going out to witness. 
Satan will either attempt to implant doubt and fear or entice you with excuses not to go out at all. Remember that feelings are not always the best indicators of what is right. Obey the Lord. Pray that you would have the right attitude and pray and decide that you will be a witness led by the Spirit. Do you think if today or tomorrow, well, tomorrow's a bad example because you're off. Monday morning, Jesus, uh, would you, you know, what Charles said was scary, um, but uh, would you give me an opportunity to do this? Do you think he's going to say no? Do you think Jesus is going to be like, no, 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 not for you, like, like, not for you, no opportunities, you're too this or you're too that. No, he's going to be like, oh, my goodness, yes, like, I've been waiting for you to ask. Um, and he's going to give you these opportunities. I'm not saying Monday morning you are going to get 19 people saved, but he's going to give you opportunities to grow, and he's going to be with you, and, and, and that's what this looks like. Does this make sense? Like, it's scary to think about the, the weight of it and the consequences if we don't do this, but look at what, what we do, okay? What, if, what, if, what happens if we do this? Um, the next thing is, like, keep your eye out for a good fishing hole, okay? Okay. Uh, I never fished in West Virginia before, and so I just assumed you throw the, uh, you know, you throw the hook in the water anywhere, this big old river, and probably fish are going to come out. Well, I'm with these two guys who are master fishermen, and they're like, look, oh, that's a good place to go. And I'm like, what's the difference? Like, it's just brown, murky water everywhere. Um, and, and it's funny because, like, 20 times, like, oh, that's a good place. And they're arguing about it. Like, no, that place doesn't look that good. I'm like, dude, what, what kind of glasses do you all have that I can't see somehow the x-ray vision that you guys have? So keep your eye out. Okay, keep your eye out. I was super convicted yesterday. Yesterday? Was it yesterday? I messed two days ago. Um, Hey, hang out with your friends. Be around your friends. Uh, I have a great wife who's also my friend, like she talked about. Um, And and I I get these telemarketer calls. Do y'all get these? So annoying. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But I always open it and hope that it's a real person and not the, like, the, I'm not going to do a robot voice, but, like, the, the one that's, like, fake, I want it to be, like, the real guy. I'm like, oh, I can mess with this guy. Three or four. One time I had this guy for, like, 20 minutes, and I was just, like, being so dumb. And, uh, and I was like, oh, Katie, I got this guy on the phone. Like, check this out. And then she wasn't, like, laughing or anything. And I was like, whatever. So I went in the other room, and I just, like, kept it going. It's true. I just, like, kept it going. And then she was like, oh, that was really funny, Charles. Like, why don't you ever talk to him about Jesus? And I was like, oh. It's because I wasn't keeping my eye out for a good place to fish, okay? Your dorm by yourself isn't the best place to evangelize, okay? Um, if your family is like a good Christian family, that's a horrible place to evangelize, okay? Like, like you see what I'm saying? Like, let's go to where the fish are. They're on campus. They're on high street. They're in our classrooms. They're at our part-time jobs or our full-time jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's evangelism. Um, I just have a couple more. Um, keep out of sight. <laughs> this one's a big deal, okay? Uh, keep out of sight. If the fish see the fisher, you will not catch anything, okay? Um, J.H. Jowett, who's a baller, has a book called Passion for Souls. Uh, and he says this, as we become prominent, our Lord is never seen. John the Baptist kind of said the same thing, but I liked how he said it. Uh, I must decrease and he must increase. Evangelism isn't just telling someone what to do. Hey, 
like, a lot of times I think evangelism is like, oh, here's what I used to be. I used to have so much fun at the clubs. Oh, my gosh, like, I used to do all this crazy stuff, and now I walk with Jesus. And you're like, cool. That sounds neat. Um, but what, what have you been saved to, right? What have you been saved to? Even if you don't have a crazy testimony, that you've been saved to something. And so Jesus is worth all of this stuff. If we, if we just give people ourselves, that's not evangelism. We have to lead them to, the, to, be, to meeting with Jesus. Jesus is going to be the one that does all the work. We just have to have a little bit of courage, right? We just have to have a little bit of boldness in order to take that step and say, I don't really know what to tell you, but Jesus is awesome. Like, come hang out with him. Come experience him with me, right? Keep out of sight. Stay hidden in Jesus, um, this is kind of the same thing. Have confidence in your bait. If you think like, oh, I'm going to use this styrofoam peanut, like you're probably not going to catch anything. So like that's trash, you know what I'm saying? But if you're like, dude, I know this works. This stuff called power bait, like how could, that just sounds like it works. Like power bait sounds like, dude, I'm going to catch a shark <laughs> in the lawn. Like I don't know how, but I'm gonna, it's going to be a megalodon. Like how is this going to happen? We have to honestly believe that our gospel is powerful. This good news that we have, when we go out and talk about it, if it wasn't, why, do we sit, why are we afraid to share the gospel? It's the, it's the most beautiful, most life-changing, the most transformative thing that, we could ever, that I could ever think of. But I'm not sharing it with people? What am I doing? We have to think of it. The, show the world. Catherine Booth said this. This. Show the world a real, living, self-sacrificing, hardworking, toiling, triumphant, triumphant, triumphant Christianity, and the world will be influenced by it. But anything short of that, they will turn around and spit upon. Don't be content with just putting it before them, shining your light, you know, all these silly things. Giving them gentle invitations, run up to them freak out, show them that what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I used to do this, it killed me. I had no joy, I had anxiety, I had worry, I, had, I was depressed, I was sad, I had no friends, right? But now I have Jesus and he's delivered me to this. I have friends, I have a sweet family, I have all the, I have joy, I have peace, I have pain, you know what I'm saying? And the last thing, Ben can come on up. Always, always, have a line in the water. You will not catch a single fish if the pole is in the truck, right? Easiest way to do this is go on campus and talk to people. I even wrote a list of questions for y'all to start with. Y'all gonna take a picture of it. <laughs> Have you ever given spiritual things much thought? Who do you think God is? What is the difference if we talk about this stuff or how bad Borman's food is? You know what I'm saying? Like, how much can we talk about how much we hate our professor, how hard that test was, before that just gets old and stale? Have you ever gone to church? You know that, you know that almost 100% of people that are invited to a church will actually go if you bring them with them one time? One time. Have you ever read the Bible? I'm reading it right now. This is what I'm learning. J.H. Jowett, another time he said, when we have got one soul, we become possessed by the passion for souls. We gain Jesus' heart. 
when we caught those fish, it, we, there was no way you could have you could have put a pipe bomb in that in that water, and we would have just kept fishing. Like like nothing would have got us out of there because we were obsessed with catching these fish. It was so much fun, and because we caught one, we didn't even think about how how tired we were. We were six and a half miles. That's a long that's a long way. We were only halfway halfway there. Like that's a good ways. So my question is. What will you guys do? What will y'all do? The, at the end of uh, William Booth's deal, uh, of his, like, little article, he says this. Um, will you who still linger on the bank, thinking and singing and praying about the poor perishing souls, lay aside your shame, your pride, your cares about other people's opinions, your love of ease, and all the selfish loves that have kept you back for so long, and rush to the rescue of this multitude of dying men and women. Join in Jesus' venture. Join in his calling. He's not going to leave you alone. This is what I learned. This is why I became passionate about this. Okay, y'all ready? God honors the try. We see this over. We see this literally (laughs) three times a week. When we're at the booth, when we're in the mountain lair, when we're wherever we're at with, with, with lost students, we just try. Who, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're here because of the booth. A lot of people are here because of the booth. And you're going to bring people here because you were met at the booth. That's, that's crazy. That's, what, three, four hours a week? <laughs> that we have a table outside and, and act crazy and just ask people questions? It's not that hard. But it does cost everything. We've seen it so many times. This room is full because of people doing this. Not me, not our staff, but because of your small group leader doing it. And their small group leader doing it. And their, You see what I'm saying? This is a big, big, big deal. This can change the world. Intimacy with God, trusting in his, uh, intimacy with God is just loving him and obeying his commandments. Just like Sean talked about. If we spend time with Jesus, then we'll gain his heart. His heart is for evangelism. His heart is for worship. His heart is for disciples. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is how we learn these things. So we're going we're gonna to worship. Um, for those of you who, here who are disciples of Jesus, yeah, I'm just going to challenge you. Who do you know that, that needs the love of God? Who in your life can you take seriously their salvation and show them, either with your eyes or with your voice, that you have tears for them, that you care about their soul maybe even more than they care about their own soul? That's crazy, but it freaks people out, and it's awesome. That's why I, that's why I walk with Jesus. People took responsibility for me. <laughs> that's it. People took responsibility. Hey, Charles, you're being really dumb. Stop. <laughs> Come hang out with us. Done. I did it. <laughs> It's awesome. I'm so grateful for them. Kenan, you know, all these guys that I'm talking about. Who can you love? How will you reach them this week? Even tonight, even tomorrow. You see what I'm saying? It's these little conversations. If you're on the bus with someone, Taylor does it at the bus stop. Like, like, like just talk, hey, hey, what's going on? I don't have time for small talk, but I have time to talk about you, right? Like, this stuff is heavy. And if you're not a disciple of Jesus, what do you take as seriously as this? Are you, taking, are you taking anything this seriously? Are you taking your schoolwork or your job or anything as seriously as I'm talking about these things? 
that you want to go show people how to live differently, that you want to change the world for selfish things. If you want to know more about Jesus, ask him what he's like because he loves you and he deserves you. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for enlisting us in your service, God. We're so grateful to be a part of what you're doing. We're so grateful to be a part of, yeah, of your kingdom, God. Jesus, I pray for boldness. God, I pray for a sense of urgency. And Jesus, I pray for like a picking up of weapons to take and fight against the enemy and fight for the kingdom of God. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worth it. You're worth embarrassment. You're worth hate. You're worth slander. You're worth doubt. You're worth fear. God, you're worth all of these things. You're bigger than them, and you'll take them away. We love you, Jesus. Help us to see you for who you really are. Help us to understand that you deserve the reward of your suffering. We love you, God. Amen.